Before the threat of war loomed overhead, and before the humble cricket learned how to read, there was a time of peace in Sodor. We return there now for a brief respite from this harsh reality. Forever now, Thomas the Tank Engine, Tank Engine Romance. Forever now. Thomas the Tank Engine, Tank Engine Time. Hey, Jeff, what's up? Hey, Cricket, it's me, Jeff. What's up, Jeff? Welcome to um, Everything's Great, Nothing is Wrong, the podcast show. Dot com. Hey, Uh. do you want to get back into the trains? I love getting inside of trains. Let me think about what we need to tell our listeners who haven't been caught up in the trains. Do you want to? T- you do it. You're a good oh, recapper. Man. That's going to be confusing for people who don't understand. So, a year ago ish, at least a year ago, Jeff found some. Uh, I'm going to say softcore fan fiction porn of Thomas the Tank Engine by an author called Tank Engine Romantic. And earlier in this season, we did some readings from it, some table reads. And then we decided to improv with some of the characters that we felt um, made a significant impact on our lives. (laughs) And then after that, we went off on a whole different tangent unrelated to this artist um, where we created much more fuller backstories of the the characters Mm -hmm. so you could get the full picture of these doctors berg and carson but now um unfortunately those stories are are lost um during his travels jeff who as you know is a digger was doing an archaeology dig and he found a sarcophagus that was just filled with a dark red liquid a lot of people said that it was sewage but in it, it he found these. He, he drank some of it. Um, he said it was what cherry flavored, straw straw cherry. Mm, delicious straw cherries. So dark dark straw cherry, uh, and from that he saw some visions um, that the scrolls, the ancient scrolls, where these tank engine stories were located, and he's recovered those from the cavities of that said mummy or mother for the american listeners mm, mm-hmm. from that mother the kombucha mother has been speaking <laughs> to him and uh, i think that that is what he's handed me it is sopping wet but luckily it's all pictograms <laughs> um hieroglyphs if you will so i can read them thanks jeff <laughs> i thought we'd start with something simple like ancient egyptian hieroglyphics Oh, yeah, because I you feel like can that's totally closer tell. to your birth date than this weird modern symbolic kind of depiction that's just really abstract. You know, you can't yeah. really see the images in the letters. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this all makes total sense to me. So, yeah, I'm uh, down. It's either this or Chinese. So I think I might begin by, instead of continuing where we left off, mm-hmm. read a lost introduction that was rewritten and immediately taken down from Tank and Romantic. Mm. Nice. Um, th- it basically starts with a narration from Thomas explaining the story, but I'm going to skip that. 
and I'm just <laughs> going to read the, sec- the the end of it, which it is in re- which in it is revealed that Doctor Berg is the narrator of basically this whole story. Wherein, yes. So Thomas says, "I met this other train named Ashima, and we were very emotional." That is what he told me, how it was the night they met. And where he may have tried to tell himself otherwise, don't be fooled. He has more humanity in him than any human I have ever known. Except when it comes to love, that is. For there, he, alongside the love of his life, Ashima, exceeds simple romance ten times over and gives our carnally driven humanity something to strive for. Why? Because, reader, their love is about the bond. No bullshit. No strings attached. Only one male and one female casting aside discrimination from everything they had ever known to stir the waters of duality, embracing the truest and most powerful bond of love two beings could ever experience. How do I know, you ask? Because I was there. My name... Is Dr. Matthew Berg, and I was the lead scientist of experimental medicine and sapient research for advancement at Barrow Engine Medical Facility in Cumbria, England. It's just really a fancy way of saying that I dedicated my life in pursuit of knowledge to upholding the dignity and right to life of a fellow intelligent species to the best of my professional ability. A species who is greatly appreciated by us humans, but at the same time taken very much for granted, mostly due to lack of knowledge. I know their story because I watched it unfold, and I was as much a part of it then as I am now. I can assure you that everything you're about to hear is true, to the best of every finite recollection that is my memory. Therefore, without further ado, welcome to Forever Now. So that's uh, our character that we have the copyrights to, Dr. Matthew Berg. Berg his... is the narrator. He's the narrator of all of Forever Now. So, I guess he's the narrator. Yeah, but I don't want to do. I don't. It'll be confusing to have. Okay. You know. Too much. Okay. Yeah. Can anyway. Do. That's the uh, that's the premise we're dealing with. It's a love story about trains who know love ten times better than humans know love. Yes, which is unfathomable to humans. Exactly. So, without so further ado, no way to like really um, math that out, right? Like, if you say something is ten times the unimaginable, how do you even conceive of that? Uh, just just write like times ten next to an nice. infinity symbol. Awesome! I'm learning math yeah. too, you guys. <laughs> Don't worry, Tyler. I... I'm gonna get to the point where you're gonna have to do my burp supercut someday. Uh, well. This is technically part four, and it was chapter four, but she's divided up some chapter that in the past. So now we're on chapter five. Cool. So it's very confusing. For us, it's chapter four. For her, it's chapter five. Thomas the tank engine is in a coma. He's at Barrow Medical Facility being cared for by Dr. Berg and Dr. Carson. His girlfriend's come to visit. There we go. Good recap. I'll throw that at the beginning. The memory was still so very fresh in Tashima's mind as she looked at Thomas, now holding desperately to his feeble grasp on life. 
It had only been what? A day? A week? Had it really just been last night? She wasn't sure. Her life had stopped the moment he missed that danger sign. She followed the tubes running in and out of him, suspending his life temporarily. She watched the vitals monitor, indicating he was still in there somewhere, holding out for a miracle. The words from Dr. Berg haunted her. He may not wake from it. But he had come this far, though. This gave her hope. How could this have happened? She saw that his face would clench against the pain as he slept, cutting through her as she watched, helpless. The drug was wearing off. She refused to leave his side, yet every twisted expression she had to endure threatened to bring on a new wave of sobs. He needs you to be strong. You've made it this far. You can't let him down now. And so she stood her guard, keeping her watchful vigil. Earlier! She had tried not to look when Dr. Berg first brought her in. She didn't want to see it, the near-fatal blow that threatened to take him from her forever. They had covered it, so it was relatively easy to avoid. But her eyes still caught a glimpse of blood in the razor-sharp edge of cut steel. His first round of meds had completely worn off by this point, and he was in tremendous pain. So she focused her attention instead on trying to take his mind off of his suffering. Thomas? His eyes clenched shut against the agony. Tears welled and a sob caught in her throat, but she swallowed it down, fighting to keep control. It's me, Thomas. Can you hear me? Uh, she... Uh... He grated out, every syllable bringing a fresh wave of pain washing over him. I'm dying, aren't I? His breathing labored as he fought to speak. It was more a statement than a question. I... I don't... Want to leave you? No. Her reply came abruptly. She was refusing to listen. No. She blinked quickly to keep the tears from falling. They're they're going to operate. They're going to make you better, Thomas. The the pain, Ashima, the pain. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Marlo in, in the Congo. What? The horror, the horror. I guess you did not read that English book because it involved reading. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I can't read. Oh, my God. I need to catch up on so much stuff. <laughs> At that point, Dr. Berg appeared, holding a large syringe filled with a clear liquid. He went about his work quickly without speaking, tapping the syringe and then threading it into the main red line running into Thomas. Slowly, he pushed the bottom of the syringe in, in the liquid flowing into the tube and incorporating with the blood. There. It won't take long. He'll start getting some relief. Beep, boop, boop. He pushed a few buttons on the monitor screen. What? What is that? Morphine. Thomas let out a strangled whimper. <laughs> As Berg eyed his patient. 
Is that what that sounds like? Yeah, okay. totes. Quite a heavy dose, too. It's mostly for the pain, but he also has a severe amount of swelling on his brain. We optimally want to reduce that before we operate. He gently patted Thomas's footplate. His eyes were filled with pity as he watched his tortured battle. He's pretty exhausted, so he'll probably fall asleep as soon as he's a bit more comfortable. You'll see it take effect quite rapidly. He was about to turn and leave them be when he looked at her momentarily, his heart twisting with the emptiness he observed in her deep, clear eyes as she helplessly watched him suffer. The brokenness that came with the chance of losing him was too personal, too much a part of her, and he had to bite back tears as he hazarded a guess that they were already a deeply bonded pair. Taking a deep, silent breath, he strengthened his resolve for her sake. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a uh, sake. Fuck. <laughs> Taking a deep, silent breath, he strengthened his resolve for her sake. I need a pause. First of all, <laughs> can Tankage Romantic only write either like laborious, like pain torture scenes and like super d- affected like love language? Like, I feel like we haven't had any normal situations. It's been just like no. mutilation well, and emotion. What about the plane? The the little boy and his dad in the plane. That's that's taken out now. That's not even like canon <sighs> anymore. Well, I don't know, but man. It's grisly. This is all just so fucking dramatic. I know. And it's melodramatic and soap opera dramatic. Oh my god. Yeah. I like the idea <laughs> that he imagined them being like in little friends and that was like emotional for him. Like I think that Dr. Berg yeah. is PMSing. Oh, well he has a wife. That's that's true. You think mm-hmm. it's been mm-hmm. like passed on, transmitted? Yeah, yeah. PMS is a contagious disease. I thought so. I just, just yeah. the idea. Oh man, I'm already guessing that they're friends. Oh, oh emotional. <laughs> just like maybe uh, when he says bonded, it's like you know, cats at the Humane Society you can't split them up if they're a bonded pair. Yeah, I guess you know. I guess I don't know. I didn't know trains did that, but I okay. I'm now sorry. you know I that. Had to take a break. This is too much melodrama. The- the engine of a train, which is usually the front leader of a pack of trains, uh-huh. can become bonded for life with another train engine, which also drags around a different train on different tracks. That's... <laughs> okay. Now that you say it, it makes a lot of sense. I know it does. <laughs> Lost in thought as she watched for the first signs of the morphine, she started slightly in her reverie at the sudden warm touch to her buffer to see Dr. Berg looking up at her concern in his eyes. Hey, you okay? The raw agony in her eyes as she looked back was almost too much for him to take. Unfortunately, there was no morphine for the pain that was cutting either of them the worst right now. He squinted slightly as he studied her, and when he spoke, he made sure to keep his voice low enough so that Thomas couldn't hear. You two have already bonded in love. Which is why you look as near death as he does. It wasn't a question. It was a statement. A bold statement. A knowingly concerned statement born of pure empathy for their situation. And she knew that she didn't have to answer. The way that she closed her eyes to the tears as she looked away from him was confirmation enough. 
So long as I don't die, then neither will he. She hardened her resolve as she swallowed down a sob. She opened her captivating eyes to look at him, and he saw pure determination burning in those empty depths. Because his heart is mine to care for, and I will not give up on him. Neither will Dr. Carson or I. You have my word. I just wish there was more that I could do for you right now. You... you have kept him alive. I am... I am the one that can do nothing right now. He caught the look of sincere gratitude in her eyes as he gave her an encouraging pat. <laughs> just imagine patting a train. <laughs> <laughs> like his hands like are already on her a buffer. Trash can. Like a, yeah, just like a, yeah, her buffer. Just, uh, imagine like patting your refrigerator. You're like, good, nice and cold. <laughs> good work. Like the, you know, the fan under the fridge that like is always hot <laughs> yeah. and blowing air. Yeah. That's what he's patting yeah. on her. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. I know it feels that way from where you stand on the outside looking in, but you're not as helpless as you may think, Ashima. He reached up to lay his hand along the bottom curvature of his side. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Ask for it right here. Wh- you. What? She felt his fingertips gently tap the area. <coughs> Areola. <coughs> <laughs> She felt his fingertips gently tap the area where his hand rested. From the very depths of your heart, ask that he be taken care of. Oh, it's her heart. Oh, <laughs> I, so like, do they have a like anterior and okay. superior parts? Yeah. Like, if their head is in the front, I just assume the whole tank was their brain. But is, <laughs> uh, are they like a cylinder? Yeah. Well, okay. I'm so fucking confused about their anatomy. <laughs> So, oh, burps. Okay, he was standing at her buffers, so the front of her, right? We've established mm-hmm. that's where they get off. Those are the nipples, anyway. So he was at, <laughs> he was at the buffers, and then he reached up and along the bottom curvature of her side. So he still has got to be, like... Their heart is on the bottom. The heart's on the bottom. I don't know. Okay, I thought he was, like, being weird and, like sexual harassment but it sounds like it was understood by both of them i guess he's a surgeon he knows where the heart is yeah well i mean yeah i hope so because didn't they yeah okay okay i guess okay do they have a butthole do they eat (laughs) (laughs) we don't i don't think so i think they only fuck i don't think they eat oh my god and they fuck by like rubbing their like chin nipples on each other yeah they rub their nipples from their chin (laughs) This is so confusing. Yeah, but they, okay. All right. So if their buffer buffers are their nipples, yeah. and their head is up here above their nipples, and then their heart is what is it? Their little like sweeper plate. Yeah. Foot grate. I don't know. Yeah, that's probably that's by their feet. So they're in, <laughs> they're like stretched out, and then their butt is where they connect their caboose. So isn't that like a weird, gross sexual thing when they're connecting other cars into their anus? No, because I think it only got sexual once Thomas um, supplanted a, on top of her buffers. Like, I think it had to be the underside of the carriage that is the sexual part. So he rose up, remember, and like got his buffers over hers. But then they were just rubbing yeah, buffers. They I were don't just know. like flicking nipples on each other. Yeah, it seems like any amount of touch. Maybe the caboose has like a lot of calluses on it, so they can't really feel it. Maybe they don't usually like touch yeah no you know like maybe they're just not 
you know, Maybe they touch like the cars. Like, like the the carriages don't count. You know, they're just like an object. But the trains like wearing themselves clothes. Are, are. I'm so fucking confused about the train anatomy still, I still... and I am also like not really sure. So he has a brain. Yeah. It's got to be in the uh, face. The brain's got to be in the face. The yeah, I, I think it's right behind it's the face. Be right behind the face. What's going on in like the entirety length of <laughs> between the face bones. and the back hip? Just lots of bones, just stacked. Oh, like ribs, like a rib cage. Yeah, but just like just tons of them. Mm, mm, that's gross to me. Yeah, it's all gross. The whole th- like a fish. <laughs> They're like a fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the bones are edible. You don't know. <laughs> For all of you who listen to Everything's Great, Nothing is Wrong, and own an Android device, do me a favor. Go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. That's right, Podcast Republic. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I use the app and I love it. I can search for all the podcasts I want to listen to and select into my favorite zone and then just have them all click away because they're my favorites. Make sure you set everything's great, nothing is wrong as a favorite podcast so you don't miss any new episodes from the future or the past from us, Jeff and Cricket. On Everything's Great, Nothing is Wrong, available to you Android users in the Podcast Republic app. Uh, Okay, got it. Anyway, from the very depths of your heart, ask that he be taken care of. You'd be surprised what the universe will hear and is capable of doing if asked sincerely. He finished with another little rub before turning (laughs) and leaving. How else am I supposed to... I'm just reading <laughs> the words of Tank Engine Romantic. I'm not... Okay. I don't understand. What else do you want me to say? Like, no, no, you're right. You're right. You he's fucking fondling her underneath her uh, curvatures and like You're acting tapping. like he ejaculated before turning and leaving. He finished. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just reading, man. God, these hieroglyphs are very confusing. I mean, it's like a little like... You know, it's a man stroking himself. I see it. Yeah, yeah. he finished after another little rub before turning and leaving. <laughs> okay. Okay. These pictograms are fantastic, by the way. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. This is going to really help. Next time, we should put the um, English words underneath. Oh, uh, you're right. Yeah, that was a mistake on my part. It's okay. I'm still learning how to like look at pictures and talk. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're getting really okay. good at talking. Okay. Thank you. She watched him disappear behind the door before turning her attention back toward Thomas. He was still in agony, his breath short and hurried as he fought to stave off the pain. She could feel warmth radiating from where Dr. Berg had just touched her. (laughs) (laughs) She could feel a warmth radiating from where Dr. Berg had just touched her, so she closed her eyes, blocking out the heartache of the moment. To instead focus everything she had on her desperate request. Mm. Is that better? Yeah, I guess. Moments passed, the natural feeling inside, nearing comfort. She allowed the sincerity of her silent plea to fill her entire being. It was a place she had been before, the sensation of peaceful contemplation. 
taking her back to her countless treks through the mountains as she slowly steamed along. Alone with her thoughts, trying to make sense of the world around her and how exactly she fit into it. Yet there was always something, a nagging, something she always felt she was looking directly at. Something looking right back at her. But she was never able to see it. The sound of a muffled whimper brought her back to the present moment. As she opened her eyes, finally putting to rest the mystery of that something from years past. The beacon of her destiny. The quiet, gentle nagging of her heart's companion. Sitting right before her as he clenched a little in his painful misery. She steamed up close to him, stopping when their buffers hit. He felt this and opened his eyes slowly to meet her gaze. Wait, 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 wait. He's in a bed, right? Like a hospital? I guess not a bed. I guess he's just on a track. I think they're is her, on tracks. Are, is she on the same track as his hospital track? I feel and like there's going... only like a, one pair of tracks to get in and out of this hospital. How do they treat multiple trains at once? I don't. I mean, just line them up because she can fit on the tracks and they're inside this hospital. What if a new which patient comes like in behind station? her and then they're on morphine and she's stuck? I, Ooh, I didn't even think about the logistics. Maybe there's multiple tracks. Yeah, there must be. Maybe they can shunt over. Yeah, you know, she's like probably when shunted. they change. But it's so hmm. funny the idea that she's literally on the same track as like face to face. Right up next to you're his like, face you're while he's like sterile field. intubated. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, trains are already sterile. Oh, yeah. There's no... Well, maybe these are living trains. They probably have gross bacteria. All right. Sorry. You. I just was like totally thrown off by that when their buffers hit. I was like, wait, what? I thought that they were separate. That means nipples. I know. Listeners, that means nipples. <laughs> their nipples are touching. Ashima... The sorrow in his voice was so great, her resolve began to crumble. She looked deeply into his tormented eyes. Oh, Thomas. I'm so sorry. I love you. His breathing started to come less labored. The drug was beginning to have its effect. I'll... I'll... Always love you. I promise. I'll always love you too. She was unable to stop her lip from quivering as a warm tear slowly trickled down her cheek. It was the first time she could actually look him in the eyes and tell him that she loved him. Last night, they were already half asleep. Will you sing to me the song of the mountains? His eyes were getting heavy. Ashima closed her eyes as more tears fell. She drew in a breath and let it out, her sigh quavering as memories of him and her quietly talking and laughing the nights away assaulted her. She didn't know if she could do it. Please? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just, it's something, this whole it's thing. It's really good. So, it is something, it's really something. His eyes closed as his breathing began to slow. 
She gathered up all of her strength. She had to do it for him. Slowly, she began the song, its haunting melody flowing forth and wrapping his mind in an image of beautiful snow-topped mountains kissed by the soft light of a full moon. Her lip quivered, and her voice caught slightly, but she kept singing, knowing that she was bringing him what little comfort she had to offer. What are men to mountains or trains, tracks, Come and take me out of this dull world For I would ride upon the wind Run on the top of the disheveled tide And dance upon the mountains like a flame Every mountain top is within reach If you just keep chugging We are now in the mountains and they are in us Making every nerve quiver, filling every pore and cell of us If these mountains had eyes, they would wake to find two strangers in their tracks Standing in admiration As a breathing red pours its tinge Upon the skies These mountains have seen Untold sunrises Untold pain Longing to thunder praise But standing reverent Silent and still So that man's weak gaze should be given a train's attention. Every mountain top is within reach if you just keep chugging along. We are now in the mountains and they are in us, making every nerve quiver, filling Every pore and cell inside of us. His mind began to drift. He remembered how her beauty shone with a whole new radiance when caressed by moonlight. Nature paled in comparison to the secret knowledge of beauty. He kept locked deep inside his heart. He remembered being together last night, how her visage took on an almost surreal quality as she begged him to love her fully. He relived every sensation of what it felt like when they became one, moving with her as he slowly discovered her. Every cry that escaped them, gracing the night with the presence of their love for each other. And then, finally reaching that height with her, the climax of the passion that brought closure to the driving momentum and sent them soaring. Everything made sense after that. The sensations and the emotions, 
The direction and the drive all working together in them to bring the intimate bond full circle into completion. No matter how unusual or different, regardless of the fact that they are completely alone in the way that they think, whatever love is, they had discovered it together. He smiled softly, finally free from the oppressive pain and filled only with thoughts of Ashima. No nature's artistry was no match for the beauty they had created together, the beauty of their love. Her song came to a close, and his breathing continued to slow as she could see he was drifting off. Uh. <laughs> Stay with me. She was afraid that if she let him slip away, he would be for good. But the medicine was too strong, and he quickly fell into a deep sleep. Her eyes darted to the monitor. She watched every tick of his heartbeat slow, and then finally seemed to regulate. She breathed a heavy sigh of relief as it steadily ticked along. Looking back toward him, she noticed that he had fallen asleep with a small smile on his face. He looked so peaceful within his slumber that it made her smile too, relieved to see him free from the pain. It was then that she noticed muffled voices speaking. She couldn't tell from where exactly, but she was able to identify that one of them was Sir Topham. He must be speaking with the doctors. (laughs) (laughs) She looked again at Thomas. His face completely relaxed as the drug worked its magic on the pain. Having been through the emotional trauma of the accident, and comfortable enough for now with his state of sedation, she closed her eyes and fell into an exhausted sleep, buffer to buffer with him, as if somehow through that simple contact she could hold fast to him, keeping herself from losing him forever. End of chapter five. New chapter five, old chapter four. <laughs> Thank you for reading that. I hadn't read it before you did, just now. <laughs> Fantastic. It is so tedious, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh. The, whole, the whole story of Forever Now is <laughs> going to be awarded the most tedious piece of writing. I feel like the bizarre parts of the first few chapters made me very like delighted in the absurdity (laughs) of it yeah but this is just like uh it's just bogged down with nothing uh but it's so what just happened uh, yeah um thomas was in pain Uh uh-huh berg gave him drugs berg fondled the undercarriage (laughs) of a train lady left and then she told him, I love you. And he was like, I love you too. And then, and then she sang asleep. a song as he fell asleep. She sang the song of the mountain. I think, is that, okay, I need to check and see somehow if that song comes up later. But if it isn't lyrically written out, we have to write the song of the mountains. Oh, I'm already fucking on it, man. <laughs> Good. What, have you started, really? Yeah. Jeez uh, Louise. What did you think? <laughs> I think I'm some fucking newbie? I don't know what I think anymore. I, I've lost the ability to think. I mean, basically, the whole story has been rewritten with the song of the mountains. Her faithful companion to fill the day-to-day solitude of her treks through the mountains. 
between my village stops it's just me in the silence of the mountains without her stories of the mountain <laughs> railway and that haunting melody that she sometimes sang to him as she drifted off to sleep like it's just a mountain story now <laughs> communication is so fast these days i already received your release from the nilgiri mountain railway <laughs> that's on page 50 oh my gosh of this god-awful piece of literature so uh well good i'll let you write that song in the mountains i'm excited for it I'll upload that later. I feel bad for our listeners my, because my listeners song. There was parts of this that are c- classic forever now where I don't know what's going on biologically and it's hard to piece together what's happening. But yeah. if you if you replaced all these people trains with people, Ugh. most of this would make sense still. It would just would be very melodramatic. Uh, you know? Hey, I got to poop. Uh, okay. I'll be back. Oh, okay. Sounds good. You can close the show, though. Bye. Bye. Um, I guess we're doing this again. This has been Everything's Great, Nothing is Wrong. Uh, sorry about that train episode. I really... I, I guess we'll have to start proofreading, because... Oh, I'm really sorry. Maybe I'll... Maybe I've cut all the worst parts out, and I doubt it. But, um, yeah. Everything's Great, Nothing is Wrong.com. Everything's Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, thanks for listening, and I'm sorry, and, uh, you know, uh, uh...